Welcome to La Lumination with your hosts, the fabulous Jimmy LaLumia and me, Susan faber Gady. Come with us as we delve into the lesser-known facts about music business history and pop culture with an occasional infusion of current events as told through the lens of music. Welcome to La Lumination with the fabulous Jimmy LaLumia and I'm Susan faber Gady. On this episode of Illumination, we're going to talk about some myths, what I call myths and legends of the music industry. So what's true about the music industry and what's not true? Because there's a lot of misinformation out there on this thing that we call the internet, where everybody posts information that is supposed to be authoritative and many times it's not. So, misinformation is misinformation. a great drag name. <laughs> and I am a legend, but thank you, you are. Nice. You no are. No myth there. Myth thing. That's how you say Miss Thing when you have a lisp, which I don't. Contrary to popular. Hello, Susan. Good to see Hello, you again. Jimmy. It's it great seems to see like you too. yesterday. I know. That we did our first star studded episode, episode of La Lumination, which we hope you've watched by now. If you haven't, please do. Exactly. This is a unique episode because my stomach is growling this one. <laughs> Not unlike the last. So there you go. It's it's part of the chrome orange virus, which is sweeping <laughs> the nation. Chromara virus. Chromara virus. Chromara virus. That's a good drag name, too. Um, <laughs> so anyway, tell us about these myths and legends, madam. Okay, well, let's... Give me a, for instance, for an example. Okay, for instance, um, Mark and I, Mark is my partner uh, in Chrome Orange and also my husband. Uh, we met a musician recently that really wants to be signed to Chrome Orange and believes that he's ready to be signed because he has made a few records with a producer that is located where he is in mm -hmm. another part of the country, not here in New York. Right. And he has, you know, um, a few hundred followers on Facebook and Twitter mm -hmm. and Instagram. And, uh, and he works very hard at making his music. And, and that's, that's important. You need to work very hard at your craft. Um, but summing that all up and throw in there the lavish amounts of auto-tune all over his vocals, and somehow or another, he thinks that there is something there for us. And so the first thing I personally want to point out to our audience is um, were, if working hard were the only criteria for getting signed, everybody would get signed. And having a few hundred followers uh, across social media and you post maybe once a week, if that were a criterion, everybody would get signed. So th th those things alone do are not going to get you where you want to go. Um, there is a harsh reality called millions of other people out there that are trying to do exactly what you're trying to do. And some of them do it better than you do. Some of them don't. But some of them understand that there's a, there really is a formula to success. 
It's not all about I've worked very hard and therefore I believe that I am deserving of a major label record deal. That's just not the way it works. So let's talk about the way it does work. Yes, please do, because I'm still trying to figure it out 90 years later. <laughs> um, work, working hard is in the eyes of the beholder. Everybody, well, I won't say everybody works hard. I know many people who don't work hard and think they're entitled anyway. They just think that they're God's gift because their neighbors and um, their family, uh, you know, boost them up to a certain level. And sometimes, you know, if your neighbors and your family don't boost you up, it's actually more of an incentive. Yes. Uh, not that I know about such a thing. It, it can but I've heard about uh, the I'll show you. Well, actually, I do know about such a thing because I'm Mr. I'll show you. I've been Mr. I'll show you. And, it, and that, that can be a rewarding thing as well. But you need to have the goods. You can't just decide you're entitled right. because you're so wonderful according to you. Well, uh, oh, it's great that you've got an ego. It's great that you have faith in yourself. But there's also this thing called reality that I've heard about. Mm -hmm. And in the reality, nobody really cares. You have product or you don't. You have something that everybody feels is magnetic and exciting or, or you, you don't. don't. And if you don't, join the conga line of everybody who's wonderful and entitled and what have you. And there is a danger in surrounding yourself with family and friends who every day of your life go, yay, you're, you're so the best, great. you're so good, well, you, you should, know, be, you should have that, a record deal. A little yes. of that would be nice. Um, but, but too you, much yeah. lulls you into a false sense exactly, of confidence. Exactly, exactly. It's called the yes man syndrome. You do not want people... You're every, such a good boy. Right, yeah, you don't want girl. everybody around you telling you you're the best at something mm -hmm. because the harsh reality is that there are people out there that are better at this than you are. It's just your family and friends haven't met them And yet. also the way things break and what's going on in pop culture and where you fit in at that moment or you don't fit in. And if you don't fit in, there's a niche maybe that you can create. But those are all things that you need to be aware of. And if you're not aware of the overall picture and you I just have this comic book version of what you think it's all about because you saw an ABC TV movie of the week where little Johnny becomes a star. It just, it, those, that's, those are movies of the week. There's no, there's no easy, uh, you know, even American Idol, which unfortunately we have an entire generation now who think that the music business is American Idol. You go and with the Glee and Club. And the voice. And the and voice. The voice and all these various other shows where you go on and the judges judge you. And even the judges' judgments, you wonder sometimes, what is it based on? Is it really, you know, is it sometimes vindictive? Is there sometimes an ulterior motive? Because it's all arbitrary. Mm -hmm. And many of the people that the judges didn't have win, uh, that they didn't, add, I believe um, Adam Lambert did not win no, Idol. No, he did not. And yet he's the lead singer of Queen and he's known worldwide. Jennifer Hudson, I believe, did not win. Fantasia won, I think, that mm -hmm, year. Mm -hmm. And yet Jennifer Hudson is in Dream Girls and the unfortunate movie version of Cats and an Aretha Franklin biography the that's coming up. Unfortunate and, and she's have, have you seen the of movie course version? Not, absolutely oh. not. Okay. No. 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 Have you? No. Do you plan to? Uh, no, but I was wondering why you thought it was unfortunate. <laughs> because of the reviews and the uh, box office. Mm. Reviews don't mean everything right and box office doesn't mean everything 
But when the reviews match the box office, I have two words, actually three, Showtime or HBO, okay. which is what I do with a film that I have no intention right. of going into a theater, and especially at this moment in yeah. time when going into a theater means I'd be wearing a mask and an iron lung. <laughs> With coronavirus exactly. around, yeah. Um, Absolutely. You know, but I, I'm going to be brave when Black Widow comes out because I am a huge Marvel fan, which is okay. a big vestige of pop culture. I'm going to be brave and wear one of those space outfits and go in and see Black Widow and probably get arrested when I walk in the theater. But um, okay. you'll bail me out for the next episode. <laughs> of course. But um, Of course, of course. Yeah, uh, I don't, I really never go by just sales. Yeah, I don't either. Or reviews. Because I'm a reviewer. Mm -hmm. Don't trust them. No, I mean, you can. But reviews <laughs> no, are No, there like, are some good reviewers, but... Review, um, reviews are all. like assholes. They're opinions. And everybody's got one. That's true. And That's um, true. We always have to get in a, and, at least and, one minor obscenity in each episode. We did last time. So. Yes, and that's another point I want to make about the about the music industry to you know our our viewers who are out there trying to shop a deal for themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, much in the same way, you don't necessarily want to always hear from your inner circle that everything you do is wonderful. You also don't want to, you know, put too much stock in something that someone in the industry says. You have to always measure their words to you in terms of what's their motivation and you know who is this person? What's their credibility? You know, like I, I worked with a singer way back in the day, like 30, more than 30, like 35 years ago. Oh, that's before my and, time. Yeah, I know, really. <laughs> <laughs> it was before my time too, but yes. somehow or another I remember it. Good girl. Um, and uh, she had a meeting with uh, a, a, someone in uh, a large music publishing company mm -hmm. who told her <laughs> that her music sounded like something that belonged on Love Boat. In other words, it was very kind of loungy sounding, and that was not at all what she was going for. And this appeal also. Yeah, right. Though, yeah. So she went back in the studio, and you know, she went back to the drawing board with the writing, went back in the studio, and came out with this record that just really rocked the planet. And everybody's jaws dropped you know, around her when they heard it, mm -hmm. because they were not expecting to hear something like that from her. It was so the opposite of, of what she had done before. And she went back to uh, the individual who made the comment about Love Boat, and he was not making that comment anymore. So sometimes when people tell you things, it's because they're really trying to give you direction, and they come from a place of legitimacy and experience. Right. And so they're giving you the benefit of that. Right. Sometimes people just don't know what they're listening to. And their opinion may not be reflective of what... Right. The, the public taste is going to be. Right, exactly. Another thing that's interesting is a lot of people in the industry, whether they're in publishing, whether they're at a label, whether they're at radio, may give you an opinion. And everybody has an opinion, as I said previously, that everybody's, everybody's got one. Mm -hmm. But will they still be there six months from now? Right, exactly. Especially these days. A person in publishing can say, this is wonderful, and six months from now, they are filling shopping bags at ShopRite. Right. So you can't really, you, you take the feedback and you pursue what you feel you have to offer. Right. 
because otherwise you get pulled in a million different directions every time somebody says something. Right. And talk is cheap. It is. It it's, is. It's that's why I can afford to talk so much. <laughs> uh, but um, you know, it's opinions. Like I said, are simply that. They are. And um, the opinions when the Beatles came out in America was that that's never going to happen here. Right. And um, in my early Bowie days, as an early Bowie boy and working avidly, he's never going to. I mean, look at him. That's never going to. And he's now one of the most iconic figures in America. As a, mu as a music. But he didn't start out as that iconic figure with that image. Am I correct? No, but now that image is worshipped and adored. Right. Space Oddity, which had to struggle with a little help from our pal Cherry Vanilla to get on the air, is now used in TV commercials. Right. And Rebel Rebel is a common But before factor. that. Before so it, it's not that the product was bad. The perception at the time which reflected, in that case, homophobia, because as a DJ said to Vanilla during Space Oddity, I can't play the records by that man for the kids that listen to my show. He's a homosexual. Wow. And according to the story that I had heard, Sherry said to the DJ, well, if you don't play the record, your wife's going to find out that you're not a homosexual. But that, you know, Sherry has now disavowed that story, so I'd never repeat it except for the <laughs> fact that I just did. <laughs> you just uh, did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so there's perception and there's product. Right. And that's a whole nother conversation right there because as I think we may have discussed in the previous sit-down, um, as a big advocate of glam and many of the songs that were huge in glam but never got airtime in America, like Children of the Revolution by T-Rex, which now is used in TV commercials, 20th Century Boy, which is now used in com TV commercials uh, and in films and in soundtracks. The perception of the artists because of the way they presented themselves as this kind of semi-drag thing, even though they were all straight and had wives and kids, was enough to sink the ship back then because there was no balance. We now have balance. It's something called the internet. Right. We later got balance. There was something called MTV. Prior to that, and people refer, who refer to the old ways of the old industry, if radio said no, mm. that was it. That was it. There was no, or maybe Ed Sullivan might put you on the air as he did with the Beatles, mm -hmm. which if he didn't, would they have been as big as they were? In all honesty, I don't think they would be. Because back then, when there were only three major networks and not that many things to choose from, and ritualistic TV watching, which the Ed Sullivan show on Sunday night was, yes, it was. the entire country was assembled. Mm -hmm. Nobody was too. on their phone, nobody was texting, nobody was. Because there was no texting. There was nothing. <laughs> Right. So, there was no internet to distract you while you were watching. None of the numerous distractions right. because there were limited options. Right. So that's why whenever people would say, when I was hosting Beetlefest for Mark Lapidos during the 70s in my early convention uh, appearances, and people would say, the next Beatles. And I said, there's not going to be a next Beatles because even then, things had diversified. FM radio had come along by then. Mm -hmm. And at the time of the Beatles, FM radio was playing jazz and classical music. Yes, it was. Uh, so that drew away the rock audience. That's mm -hmm. when AM started going to Helen Reddy right. and John Denver because 
rock was being siphoned off to FM. The more choices there are, the more the options are diluted. Right. You're not going to get that massive impact of Elvis over the Beatles. That was, the, that was a product of the media. Right. Not that Elvis and the Beatles weren't great. I'm a fan of both. But would they have had the same impact? Mm. Mm. No. Probably because the, the, the artillery was different. You're on Ed Sullivan, bam. Bam, yeah. You're on, uh, I don't think Elvis was on Ed Sullivan. He was on another variety show. Right. Um, and it was the same thing. Everybody was watching, and that was that. Right. Those facilities are gone now. Right. Everything, there's too many choices, too many options. It's true. So you have to follow your instinct, be as strong about it as possible, find music industry people that can guide you. Right. And are offering you good information. Good advice. And good advice. And, and, and pray. Yes. Because there's a lot out there, and, and it's very, very difficult. Yes, to... and, and, you know, and we have to use the Internet. We have to use social media. You've got to work it every single day of your life. Absolutely. Um, because the reality is I, I was teaching a class uh, about six months ago, and one of my students, who is a fantastic singer, she is so good, she was at this industry event, and she said there were other aspiring artists there. And one of them was talking to one of the A&R uh, guys from the major labels uh, that was there. And she, this, this artist uh, happened to mention, I don't know if it was a male artist or a female artist, I, I don't know, but uh, quoted their social media followership at six figures. It was like somewhere around like 100,000. Mm -hmm. And the major, the, the executive from the major label actually looked at this aspiring artist and said, oh, isn't that nice? Turned his back and walked away. So six figures, 100,000 followers was not impressing the guy. Well. So now if you've got a few hundred, a few thousand, even 10,000, you have a lot of work to do. It's really just that simple. It's daunting. It's exhausting. You, you will sometimes feel like, why am I doing this? Because you're going to feel like you're spinning your wheels in the mud. Well, I'm just going to say, right? yeah, but I am going to say in defense of the guy who was told that number and said, what did you say he said? Oh, oh isn't that nice? Well, the, I would think the first time, and I don't know who the person is. I don't either. <laughs> but I can probably imagine that if the person's been in the industry for a while, this is not the first time that someone came to him with 100,000, and possibly the guy said, let's go, and it turned into nothing. Uh, well, because there are many, many people that have 100,000. Right, and... Through, through various tricks of the trade. Right. By, and that does not equate necessarily. Right. People thought it would. It right. does not. No. 100,000, 200,000, 500,000 means you're going to get the income from YouTube of what those clicks generate. Right. But beyond that does not mean radio, does not mean no. sales, does not mean right. and live on, shows, and does on, not mean... And, on, and so good luck with that indeed right. because people have found games and ways to increase those numbers. Right. And just because you've got 100,000 followers, it could be any number. It doesn't matter what right. the number of followers or how many people like your page. 
And the point I'm making is how many of them are legitimate. Exactly. As opposed to and these games that are played to up those numbers. Does how it? many of them engage with your content exactly. and with you when That's you post it. your content? Are they just looking and then moving along? Right. Because that in itself will get you the click. I see a lot of aspiring artists with many, many followers. They've got a lot of page likes, mm -hmm. but when they post on their page, nobody pays attention. That's it. Nobody even gives it a token like. So it like. makes you wonder about the page right. likes, and it makes you wonder about the value right. of now, the page likes. If you want to go viral, you have to get people to share your content. Mm -hmm. It's not enough for them to just click like. Oh, I'll just click on that little like. It's not enough for them to even post a comment. And they're only going to share it if they really feel strongly exactly. about it. If they don't want their friends saying, why right. did you show me exactly. that? Exactly. Why did you put that on why your page? Why am I looking at that? Right. Why so am I looking got, at that it, on your page? It's going to have to be exactly. something. I mean, and I'll like things that people I know ask me to like. But I'm not necessarily sharing them. And people right. will message me, Jimmy, please share this. Right. And no offense, everybody, I love everybody, and I have just under 5,000 Facebook friends, and those are all legitimate because... But your friends work for you. They, they react when you post. They do because I don't... You don't ask them share to. ...share things unless I really feel that it's worthy right. of their time. Right. Not of my time, of, of their, their time. time, because if I do that once, they're not going to trust me. And I notice also you very, very rarely ever ask them to share what you've posted. I, you I you just make good don't. posts, and it, your posts motivate them to share it. It's not like you're Please there... Please share to me is like... Please, sir, can I have some more? Please Oliver, invite me to your Oliver party, twist. right? Yeah. Please, sir, can I have some more? You know, <laughs> right. the Oliver Twist. Oh, no. Please invite me to your soirée. Exactly. Yeah, no. exactly. You can't, it doesn't work. Exactly. It, it, and, and you can't blame the kids because they've, fed, they've been fed some of those myths and legends that yes, you opened they up have. with. And the myths and legends are if you have 100,000, if you have 300,000, if you have 500,000, it just means whatever that equates from YouTube, which is not a whole lot, because I can tell you with um, a duet that I did with Jane County on Leave My Pussy Alone, uh, 10,000 is like pennies. Yeah. It's pennies. So 100,000 is probably not pennies, but it's probably not anything you're going to buy a house with. Right, no. Maybe a nice meal at the Red Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 that's a means to an end. Yeah. That you can go out and do live shows if you so choose. Mm -hmm. And Jane's not doing live shows right now. I'm not doing live shows right now. Um, Does that mean you might? Well, anything is possible. Okay. Anything is possible. But um, there has to be something at the end of the tunnel that people will say, oh, Jimmy's in town. Right. Let's go, you know. Uh, and if you're not doing that, you're just hoping that these likes are going to... Magically, magically turn into some exactly. body count somewhere when you, when you decide you're going to and do a And speaking of counts, I see our executive producer, Mr. Mark Gady, staring at that clock. Are we <laughs> dangerously near? We, we can keep how going? Many, how, we can uh, keep going? How many minutes do we yeah, have? We, you know, oh, ten great. Minutes. Oh, ten wow, minutes. Okay. there's a lot we can do there. Yeah, a we lot try more to we keep, can talk about. We All try right. to keep this production under control. You know what else? You know what else I want to talk about, Jimmy? That this is per perfect for you. Okay. Everybody somehow or another thinks that PR is dead because of social media. Please explain to our lovely audience why PR is not dead. Because if there's no PR, you don't exist. Right, exactly. I have not sold a tremendous amount of records. 
in fact, the Death to Disco single, which for some various reasons, um, various publications, uh, when they wrote about it, said we sold 10,000 copies, we sold 20,000 copies, we sold 50,000 copies. We did not. We sold thousands of records, but not quite that many because we didn't press that many. Why does a tremendous amount of people know who Jimmy LaLumia is on the underground? Why is Jimmy LaLumia in books and DVDs and films and interviews? Because of PR. Mm -hmm. I am the living personification of PR. With never Done right. <laughs> never having had a budget, never having had backers, never having anyone but myself doing it right. by existing and not changing my last name as I was told to do many, many times that La Lumia is unpronounceable and it's not something they're going to want to say on the radio. And I said, well, I'll just take my chances because I want all those creeps that I went to school with to cringe. There you and go. you know what? When Death to Disco came out, they did. And I was on TV with Don Imus, and a Newsday, <laughs> and Rolling Stone, and yeah. the Daily News. Some of them cringed, and others that were supporters came in and congratulated me at Sam Goody's when I was working there. Tony D'Alessandro, if you're out there, came in. Uh, uh, a kid came in and bought the Death to Disco single, said, my uncle went to school with you. Okay. And uh, I haven't seen or heard him in decades. I yeah. hope he's still good. But uh, Tony came in, shook my hand, and said, I always knew it was going to be you. I always <laughs> knew it was going to be you. And um, you see, public relations, you do not exist if you do not exist as a press character, if you do not get press attention. And press is not magazines and newspapers anymore. It's social media done the right way. Blogs. So that, blogs, so that you are the event. Right that you are the event and that you always have an event attached to you, whether it's Death to Disco, whether it's 96 Tears with Chrome Orange, whether it's Leave My Pussy Alone with Jane County, and you sell the product through PR because of the uniqueness of the product and hopefully that the finished product is a great sounding thing that people will go, I actually like that. He's crazy. He's kind of a creep. He's annoying and he never stops talking. But that's, that record it's is actually really good pretty record. good, you know, and everybody's entitled to their opinion. But I don't care what you say about me as long as you're talking about right, me and exactly. not someone else. It's PR is really all about getting attention, drawing attention to yourself. Hello. <laughs> you've you've got to become the master of the PR stunt. You've and got, you have you've to love be... it and you have to live it. You have to put yourself in the hands of people that guide the ship and if you are guiding your own ship so much the better mm -hmm. so much the better and actually a lot of people in my first era in that 70s era resented it mm -hmm. well he can't really sing well i think 96 tears changed, oh, you can really sing change yes. that um yeah. uh, that was a I, good vocal by the way thank that was you. a really good vocal. thank you well i had a good team <laughs> um but um you know, there's the resentment, so they're going to try and put a spin because they just can't stand and that, yeah. how fabulous you actually are. Well, if you're not fabulous, you're in the wrong business. That's exactly right. Show business. Like no business I know. You know, you've, you've got to give people something to, to latch on to. Uh, they have to 
want to like you. That's you right. Have to, and you have to not be the kid next door. Exactly. Because, uh, and I know we've only got a minute or two left, young man, I believe. Our producer is letting he's, us know. He's giving us the fingers. As, <laughs> as, as the late, great Diana Vreeland, the, the original editress of Vogue magazine, said, we're not interested in the girl next door. If you want the girl next door, go look next door. Absolutely. Yes. Or the boy next door. Or the band next door. You don't want to be the boy or the girl or the band next door. You want to be something that you don't see next door That's or right. down the block. You want right. to be something unique and individual because a lot of people are not. That's right. But here are two individuals. And always a pleasure, my dear, once always again, to conclude another La Lumination yes. with you. And uh, the... the the steady hand of Mark Gady <laughs> in the distance signaling that I think we're just about there. That, yes. Uh, so we're going to see you next time on La Lumination when... Who knows? Who knows what we're going to talk about? Anything that concerns the music industry and how one enters and if one is in, how one stays there and what it entails and what the state of the industry is and where it's going and who's going there, we'll be talking about every single time right here through Chrome Orange Music Media. Yes. And Don't uh, forget to follow us on social media. Exactly. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one. This is the fabulous Jimmy LaLumia. Thank you for listening to La Lumination. If you like what you're hearing, you can watch the full video episode on YouTube. Just search for the Lalumination channel or visit the website www.lalumination.com. And I think that's the end of this song.